Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius, and you can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. Today, we're going to recap the series against the Detroit Tigers over the weekend in which the Mariners dropped two of three. We will preview uh, this upcoming series against the Minnesota Twins, and then we will spotlight uh The Mariners right fielder, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, will dig a little bit deeper into his stats, talk about his career, and what the Mariners might be able to expect from Teoscar Hernandez uh, in this second half of the season. So with that, Mariners dropped two of three to the uh, Detroit Tigers uh, over the weekend. The Mariners are now 46 and 46, right at 500. Uh, eight games behind the Texas Rangers in the American League West, five games out of the wild card. Still have a plus 31 win differential, uh, six and four in the last 10. Uh, but this was a rough series. Uh, the Mariners didn't hold a lead in this series until the fir- bottom of the first inning in the third game. So the Mariners went, what is that, 18 and 18 and a half innings without a lead. Uh, only three Mariners had more than one hit. Uh, JP Crawford was four for 10. Julio Rodriguez was four for, or three for 11. And, uh, Jared Kelnick was three for eight. Uh, Luis Castillo and George Kirby, uh, went one, two in this series. You would have expected, uh, Luis and Kirby to win those games against the Tigers. And yet, They both went away from what made them successful against the Astros in changing their pitch mix and went back to what they had been doing uh, previously. And that proved not to work for either of the two. Thankfully, Bryce Miller uh, pitched very well, uh, five innings of shutout ball in the uh, finale of the series and the Mariners bullpen closed out with four innings of scoreless ball. Uh, Mariners offense was just putrid in this series. So as I said, JP was four for 10. He also had three walks. Julio was three for 11. He had two walks. Uh, you know, you expected Julio to do a little more damage, but three for 11 with a couple of walks isn't the most, isn't the most horrible. Ty France, 0 for 10, five strikeouts. Teo Hernandez, 0 for 12, eight strikeouts. Eugenio Suarez, 0 for 8, six strikeouts. So you're talking about a team who, Sorry, Suarez had three strikeouts, not six. That's my apologies. Oh, no, he did have six strikeouts. Excuse me. That's just horrible. You've got three of your big power players in, or not so much power with France, but offensive players with France, Teo, and Eugenio Suarez. Basically, just you can almost guarantee a strikeout with them in this series. Cal Raleigh had a home run. He went one for six. Uh Mike Ford, one for seven. Colton Wong, one for seven. It was just a horrible. The, the two home runs in this series were Cal Raleigh and Mike Ford, and they were both uh, solo shots. So just a bad offensive showing for the Mariners in this series again. Uh, I do think it's time to help the offense with the bat. It was ugly. I don't really know what else to say. Uh, again, they were saved by Bryce Miller. He went in the final game, he went five innings, five hits, no runs, one walk, three strikeouts. He's now six and three with the three six six ERA. Uh, Luis Castillo in the first game, five innings, four hits, three runs, five strikeouts. And George Kirby in the second game 
five innings, eight hits, six runs, one walk, four strikeouts. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, they got both Kirby and Castillo got a lot closer to what they had been doing before this Astros series. So previously, uh, Luis Castillo was 44% for Seamer. He was 40% in this game. He threw a lot more changeups, 26%, where he was at 16% coming in. Uh, sliders slightly up at 23% over 21. And then sinkers, uh, he was down in this game at 11%, where typically he's at 19. So typically leads with the fastball and then pretty equal slider sinker. That's he replaced the sinker with the changeup, but he led with the fastball again. Whereas versus the Astros on July 10th, seven innings, five hits, no runs, no walks, three strikeouts. He led with the sinker. And I made a big deal out of that after that game. I felt it was really interesting that he switched it up so much to lead sinker and then four seam and then slider and only 9% changeups. George Kirby did the same thing. So in... This weekend, Saturday's game, Kirby was 38% four-seamer, 28% sinker. On the season, he's 39% four-seamer, 24% sinker. So in similar range. He also, interestingly, threw 8% splitters. So he threw seven splitters in this game, which you don't see from him typically. Um, But in that game against the Astros, in in which he went six and two-thirds, six hits, one run, one walk, three strikeouts, it was 45% sinker. 30% 30% slider, only 20% four-seamer. So that was something that it looks like they did only against the Astros and went right back to pitching and with the same uh, pitch mix as they had previously. I wanted to see them mix it up a little bit more. I felt like that was very effective on their part um, to pitch the contact in the way that they did and lead with a different pitch. Uh, but they went back to what they were doing previously, both both pitchers took the loss. Both pitchers got hit pretty hard. And then finally, Bryce Miller was actually really interesting in his mix as well. So Miller on the season is 67% fastball, four-seamer. He was only 54 in this game. On the season, he's 20% slider. It was all the way up to 39% slider. So he was actually through twice the percentage of sliders in this game as he has um, over the course of uh the season thus far so i find it interesting that that he's starting to lean on that slider more i think he realizes that he can't be as fastball heavy as he's been um but good stuff from him slider looked dynamite it was a fun pitch to watch a uh, 32 percent whiff rate for bryce miller uh george kirby was 26 percent whiff rate in this game which is actually higher than he's been over the course of the season and luis castillo was 21 percent, which is much lower than he's been over the course of the season Interestingly, too, with Castillo, it was uh, two whiffs and 21 swings, 10, 10% whiff rate on the four-seamer. You usually see a much higher number from him on that. So in any case, Mariners got poor pitching from their one and two starters in games one and two against the Tigers. They dropped those games. Uh, Bryce Miller plus bullpen shut the Tigers down on Sunday to salvage the third game of that three-game series. As I said, the Mariners are now... Uh, 46 and 46, the offense needs some help. I'm interested to see if uh, we start to see some moves here. Trade deadline is only a couple weeks away. So with that, the Mariners face the Minnesota Twins for a four-game set at home starting today. Today's matchup is uh, Sonny Gray against Logan Gilbert. 
should be a fun one. Uh, the Twins are 48 and 46. They are in first place in the AL Central by two and a half games. So very similar record to the Mariners, plus 32 run differential, which is one run higher than the Mariners. So very similar teams. And when I read off their offensive and, and pitching statistics, you'll see that they're just, they almost, they mirror each other in many ways. So Twins are averaging 4.26 runs per game. Mariners 4.46 runs per game. Uh, Twins are eighth in home runs in the league with 120. The Mariners have 104, so Twins hit a few more home runs. Mariners have 62 steals versus Minnesota's 46, so they don't run nearly as much. Very similar walk rates, right around 9%. Uh, One and two in strikeout, highest strikeout rates for hitters, uh, Twins and Mariners average they're both at the towards the bottom twins are 24th at 233 mariners are tied for 27th at 231 they are tied in on base percentage at 24th in the league at 311 and then slugging twins are slightly higher at 403 slug where the mariners are 388 so twins hit a few more home runs mariners steal a few more bases similar walk rates similar strikeout rates similar average same obp a bit higher slugging for the twins. Um, I think part of this could be park. Part of this could certainly be approach. The twins do teach a very uppercut swing. Um, they know they're going to get a lot of strikeouts. They also know they're going to, they try to lift the ball. They're going to hit home runs. So similar offensive production from both teams. They do it in slightly different ways, but it ends in the same OBP and uh, very similar walk and strikeout rates. Pitching wise, both teams 3.72 ERA, which are tied for third in baseball. Both teams are tied at the top in whip at 117. So same whip, same ERA. Twins walks seven allow 7.8% walk rate. That's tied for seventh in baseball. Mariners lead Major League Baseball in uh, walks allowed. Lowest walks allowed, 6.9%. Uh, twins are first in strikeouts, 26%. Mariners are ninth at 24%. Then Twins are very much a fly ball inducing pitching staff at 40.7% ground ball versus the Mariners 44% ground ball. So more ground balls from the Mariners, more fly balls from the Twins. But a fun matchup. I think very, very similar teams. Obviously records are very similar. Twins have two more wins, but same amount of losses. Uh, run differentials, only one run away at 32 and 31. Uh, again, same OBP. Same ERA, same whip, um, should be fun. So a little history on the Twins. They were founded in 1901 in Washington, D.C. as the Washington Senators. They moved to Minnesota in 1961. They played in uh, Metropolitan Stadium until 1981. That was outdoors. They moved indoors to the Hubert H. Humphrey Dome in 1981. They stayed there until 2009. They've been in Target Field, an outdoor stadium ever since. Their last, they won three World Series in their history. The last two in modern times or modern baseball times were in 87 and in 91. Uh, six AL pennants, most recent was in 91. Eight American League Centrals, uh, 02, 03, 04, 06, 09, 2010, and then 19 and 20. Uh, wild card in 17, they're owned by the Polad family. Their GM is Thad Levine. Uh, managers Rocco Baldelli, who uh, was a Tampa Bay Ray for a long time and a big prospect when I was younger. Uh, so the Twins have not won 
anything of note really since uh, 1991. They have won a bunch of, of American League Centrals, but haven't really advanced too far in the playoffs. Um, similar makeup to uh, to the Mariners. They're built around pitching and power. Uh, Mariners are built around pitching and I would say a little more balanced offense. But they signed uh, Carlos Correa or re-signed Carlos Correa in the offseason. We all know that big merry-go-round of Correa signing with the Giants and signing with the Mets, them finding problems in the medicals with his ankle and ultimately signing with the Twins. Uh, so their lineup, according to roster resource, reads uh, Correa leading off at short, Edouard Julien hitting second at second, Byron Buxton DH at third, Alex Kirilov at first, Donovan Solano at third, Max Kepler in right, Christian Vasquez at catcher, uh, Joey Gallo in left field, and Michael A. Taylor in center. Uh, they don't have much of a bench to speak of. You've got Ryan Jeffers as the backup catcher. Um, you've got Farmer, Willie Castro, Matt Walner, the other bats off the bench. Uh, Correa is hitting, two seven, or is hitting 232 with a 715 OPS. I'm sure that's not what they were looking for when they Signed him to the big deal, uh, 11 home runs. Byron Buxton is hitting 199 with 15 home runs and eight steals. Um, he's really turned into a low 200s uh, big power hitter at this point. Donovan Solano, 278. Uh, Michael A. Taylor, interestingly, who's a defense first player, is hitting 218, but he's got 11 homers and 11 steals. Joey Gallo, typical Joey Gallo year, 187 with the 310 on base percentage, but 16 homers. Max Kepler has 12 home runs, but you've got a really low average hitting team um, outside of a few hitters. I think Edouard Julien is one to watch. He's a left-handed hitting second baseman, takes a ton of walks um, in the minor leagues, so far hitting 285, but he has seven home runs in 45 games. And then there's a bunch of guys on the DL um, that would have helped their offense a ton. Uh, Royce Lewis is hurt. He was their uber prospect. Originally a shortstop, but I think he's going to end up at second or center field. Jorge Polanco, power hitting second baseman, switch hitter. He's been hurt most of the year. Nick Gordon, their utility guy. So there's more offense on this in this organization. They've just been hurt quite a bit. So you'll see them take some walks. You'll see them strike out a ton. I expect the Mariners pitchers to put up big strikeout numbers in this series, and they'll probably hit some home runs. Uh, Pitching-wise, they're led by Pablo Lopez, uh, Pablo Lopez has thrown 116 and two-thirds innings this season to a 4-2-4 ERA. Uh, Joe Ryan, 112 innings, 3-7-7 ERA. Sonny Gray, 99.2 innings, 2-8-9 ERA, but a 1-2-7 whip. Um, next is Bailey Ober. Uh, he's 6-9, 6-10, interesting watch. 82 and two-thirds innings. He has a 2.61 ERA so far this season. Um, and then their fifth starter is uh, Kenta Maeda. And Kenta Maeda has a 5.50 ERA, but a history of pitching well. They will match up pretty well in the bullpen against the Mariners. They've got uh, Johan Duran at the end of that bullpen, but a bunch of power arms. Um, Griffin Jacks, really great slider. Uh so they'll match up well uh, if the game gets into late innings, I think. But good pitching staff, power hitting team. Um, 
again, should be fun. Organizationally speaking, they have a couple of decent prospects in the minor leagues, but not a a ton to speak of. Brooks Lee was their number one pick last season. Uh, I am not a huge fan of Brooks Lee. I think he's going to hit for less power than people expect, but he's probably a higher average hitter. He will stick in all likelihood at second or short. I think they want him to be a shortstop. I don't know that he is going to be a great defensive shortstop uh, long-term. Uh, David Festa and Marco Ryan are two nice arms that they have in double-A. Um, they're probably project to more middle of the rotation type guys uh, at their peak. And then uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is a uh, big kind of like they call him um, meaning Juan Soto in single A, uh, great eye, high walk rate, power hitter. I believe he's 19 years old. He's probably their most talented prospect, but he's a long ways away. Uh, so, you know, the twins have a decent future. Um, I think that counting on Carlos Correa and Byron Buxton as your two stars is, is really playing with fire in terms of their injury histories. And neither player really feels like they're on the ascent right now, but they're still hanging in there. Uh, they're leading the AL Central. I think they're leaning on that pitching quite a bit. So that's the Minnesota Twins. This is a four-game series against the Twins that the Mariners are um, going to take part in in the next four days. Again, it's Sonny Gray against Logan Gilbert today. Bailey Ober against Brian Wu tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday is Kenta Maeda against Luis Castillo. And then Thursday is Pablo Lopez against George Kirby. Mariners should stand a very good chance to win uh, three or four in this series if their pitching can come back and uh, perform as they have earlier in the season. So lastly, I want to dig a little bit more into Teoscar Hernandez. Um, he's really uh, such a streaky hitter and a puzzling hitter for me. I, I'm i a big fan. I was a big fan of the deal when the Mariners traded uh, Eric Swanson and Adam, Adam Mako for him in the offseason. Uh, I think he's been about as good as we the Mariners could have expected this season, but it's still not it's still not great. Um, so he's 30. He's 6'2", 215. Uh, he signed a one year, $14 million, I believe, arbitration deal uh, last season with the Twins. That's what, or in the offseason before he was, no, wait, he might have signed actually with the Mariners. In any case, it was pretty set in stone what he was going to sign for. He's a free agent next season. Uh, he came up with the Houston Astros in um, 2016. Some numbers of note, and I think why the Mariners were interested in him. So since 2017, Teoscar Hernandez, WRC Plus have been 134. 106, 103, 142, 132, 121, and then this season 101. So he is a way above average offensive producer basically for his career. And then the home run since 2018, this is including this year, 22, 26, 16, 32, 25, and this year so far 15. He doesn't walk a ton. He's going to strike out a lot. His best season was in 21. Now he played in a, a launching pad of Dunedin, Florida for quite a bit of this, this season, same season where Marcus Simeon hit 45 home runs for the Dodgers or for the Blue Jays, but 296, 346, 870 OPS with 32 homers and 116 RBIs. Um, he's a run producer, right? He's going to hit home runs. 
For his career, he is a 259, 316, 805 OPS hitter. For his career, he hits 274 with an 899 OPS against lefties and 253 with a 771 OPS against right-handers. This season has been, again, I think he's been what you would expect from a uh, counting stats standpoint, 15 home runs, 42 runs, 50 RBIs. But from a rate stat standpoint, he's been disappointing. 241 average, 297 OBP, 720 OPS. But his barrel rate's right around um, career average. His hard hit rate is slightly above his career average. So I think he's hitting the ball hard. He's just striking out more often than you would want him to. And he's playing in a park that is not um, not friendly to power hitters. Uh, he's still fast, 78th percentile sprint speed, has a great arm, 77th uh, percentile arm strength. So great athlete, going to hit for power. But he goes through these streaks as he's in right now where he can't hit a sweeper or a slider. And on the season, he's hitting 201 against breaking pitches, uh, whereas he's hitting 253 against fastballs and 387 against off-speed. Um, I just I think he is what he is. My question or my thought is I wonder whether he's going to uh, be with the Mariners in 24. I know the Mariners like him. I know he has a very positive clubhouse presence. The Mariners do have Jonathan Classe on the way. I think Classe's timetable it really does read either opening day 24 or midseason 24. Uh, I think the Mariners would bring him back on a short-term deal if that was something he was willing to accept. But for this season... I don't think he's the biggest of the Mariners' problems. I also think that um, he could heat up as the weather gets better. He will carry the Mariners at least once more for a few games. But, uh, you know, he's been, I don't know if you can call him a slight disappointment for me. I think it's unfair to expect him to hit for that much more power in this park. Um, I enjoy watching him as a player. I appreciate I appreciate Teoscar Hernandez as a player on the Mariners. Uh, but if you can find a right fielder in, in this off season, uh, that is going to, that gives you more upside. I think that's a, a move that you have to make. So again, Teoscar Hernandez hits the ball, super hard run producer, fast, big arm, uh, but just doesn't walk enough, uh, and, and strikes out way too much against sweepers and sliders. So that's, that's tail. Um, Watched today, Logan Gilbert was another pitcher who changed up his pitch mix against the Astros. He led with the slider instead of the four seam. Let's see if he goes back to leading with that four seam the way George Kirby and Luis Castillo did against the Tigers. I'm very interested in that. Uh, so games should be fun. The next three games are evening games, and then Thursday will be an afternoon game for the Mariners and the Twins. We will be back tomorrow with a recap of today's game. Uh, hopefully talking about a W, but Mariners still in it. Don't panic. Uh, that offense needs some help. Either need Julio to get hot or need to go find us another bat. So thanks for listening to the Mariners cast. We are presented by Sports Ethos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20. That's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0. And the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-O-R-S.